0: the locker room with tunch and wolf presented by neighborhood ford store the ford f-150 is the official truck of the pittsburgh steelers now here's tunch and wolf you
1: know i think the lack of a game maybe will stifle their growth on offense stifle Uh, yourself yeah 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 yeah, yeah, (laughs) stifle I he don't did. know why I said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just but, tumbled out of my uh, brain. Welcome to the locker room. He's Wolf. I'm Tunch. You're in the locker room, and uh, we are having a great time. But you know, Wolf, I want to focus on the lack of a game this week. Right. Uh, you know, I, you I mean like, last week. Yeah, like la- lack of a game last week, and uh, I like where Ben is knocking off the rust and finding his pro talent, but. I think that uh the lack of a game last week may uh may hinder the development of the offense. What do you think? I that's one of the downsides
2: of uh having that week off. I thought. Yeah. Just thought the the defense has been a little up and down. I mean yeah. except for Mel Gordon ripping them a little bit on some runs. Yeah. They've been pretty much top notch. Yeah. Uh, but that offense was starting to really get on top of itself. You know, being able to crest that kind of rustiness. You had Three different guards start at the right guard position. Right. The one plus out of that is Dave DeCastro gets a week off right. to strengthen that knee. Yeah. That's a plus. But on the other hand, um, you've got other teams out there like the Eagles now that uh have had four games to sharpen the sword. Yeah. But you know how important that is.
1: Yeah, and uh uh you know, Carson Wentz, uh, you know, he lost all his wide receivers. Yes. Yeah, he. You know, the the wide receivers are hurt, but Zach Ertz is still there. The tight end. Yeah. Although he he didn't look as
2: great early on, then he seemed to catch some fire right. going. But that left side of the Eagles' line, do you see how ginormous they are? Right. 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 Yeah, Zooks that left tackle. Yeah. I can't. The Malata or am I? I gotta get the pronunciation guy. The right. guy 356 pounds. Wow. He is. Yes. I mean, you can show. The, the you could show like uh, two different films on the backside of this dude. Yeah, you know what I mean. He he is
1: his Keister is huge. Yeah, he's a double XY.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Then he's got the uh, the guard next to him. I'm looking for my my chart here, and uh, the dude there next to him, oh yeah Nate Herbig. Yeah. that guy is six. He's only six three, but he's three forty. Yeah, I mean that's a lot of meat on the hoof on that left side.
1: Kelsey is the smallest one at center. <laughs>
2: yes yeah he is he is I mean he's he's under 300 I think yeah, or right yeah. around 300 yeah. but you look at him compared
1: to the left tackle myata or whatever and yeah. and, and herbig I, those two guys are just mammoth and Lane Johnson uh the right tackle is uh, uh is John Goodman's son-in-law Now, John Goodman played yeah. with you and yeah. me class yeah. of 80. He yeah. was a defensive end from Oklahoma, and he's a nice guy. And uh, Lane Johnson is a nice guy. Yeah,
2: he was a former quarterback. Now he's an
1: offensive tackle. Yeah, how does that happen? We never got that. I, I never. I, I. You know, I was a quarterback when in, in uh, flag football in fifth grade. <laughs> okay. There you go.
2: Yeah. There's another uh, successful story of, of going from quarterback to offensive tackle in the NFL, Don Chilkin. Yeah. Well, I never played <laughs> with pads at quarterback. Could you imagine either one of us playing? Well, I did play quarterback one time on eleventh uh, grade junior varsity. I yeah. got in trouble for some yeah. and, and and one of the <laughs> violations. One of the one of the things that you had to do was you had to take a, a, a you had to throw a pass with everybody blitzing. I got crushed. It's yeah. a stamp of the ball. You go back and you try to unload the ball, and I got just hammered. And it was like because I was late for something. So I,
1: I, one of the things that I uh, really admire about the uh, the Steelers is that we've been able to close out the game with the running game. Yes. Uh, you know I I, I uh, like huge. James Canner, and and so I, I I'm. Worried that, or I'm concerned that uh, the lack of a game last week is going to uh, dull the sword. Dull the sword.
2: That's the problem, and this is one of the things that that really buggy you about this time. I mean, you look at them. Um, look, look, look at Houston. Yeah. I mean, Bill O'Brien's
1: gone. Yeah. Domino's, they they you know he's gone. Do you do you think he's gone because of the way he was coaching, or I think the it's way more his GM, GM stuff. Yeah, GM. How do you trading? Yeah, uh, yeah. DeAndre Hopkins, Hopkins yeah. and you come
2: up with David Johnson, which who's a good back, but that's yeah. not
1: that's not, not an
2: equitable trade. Yeah. You, you know, you've lost so much, and especially when you got somebody like. Uh, Deshaun Watson, not Foster, as you so recently corrected me, but Deshaun Watson, who is such a phenomenal performer, seems to me that you want to get the tools that can get down the field.
1: Yeah, Romeo Cornell is the interim. And, uh, you know, I'm a big Romeo Cornell fan. Uh, The AFC Championship game uh, and uh, the Steelers uh, way back when in – uh, Ben's rookie year right uh I spoke at the chapel mm-hmm. uh you know Bill Pugh asked me to uh, right. uh, speak at the chapel he's uh, uh on staff with Athletes in Action and uh uh and Romeo Cornell was there Yes, and I, I met remember him. You telling him yeah me. he was a great guy you know he was a uh, a Christ follower. And I met the, Romeo one time when I was
2: in Cleveland. Yeah, he's a he's a pretty terrific guy. Yeah,
1: he's a he's a great guy.
2: Yeah, no uh, question about
1: it. Yeah. So, and he's a military guy. Is he? Not that loves I didn't military. know. has I think his father was a military guy, and ah. he, he loves the military. Well, you know, then we have two things in common besides yeah. Jesus. We got
2: yeah, uh, which is most important. But the right. fact we got uh, my son Kyle Jacob, who's a mi- military man. Yeah. You know, he's a captain. Assistant. He's in a, no, he's a major now. He's a major now. Yes. Oh, man. Yes. How about that? A major. Yeah. yeah. Who ever thought that, my goodness, that young buck when he was little, you know, I think about where he's come and, yeah. Oh, we got a, a salute by Jacob over there in the studio. Yeah. But that truly, that's uh, that's been, what a road that has been. Huh? So he's
1: going to be go up, he's going to, uh, Next rank is the colonel. Uh, lieutenant colonel first. Lieutenant colonel.
2: lieutenant colonel, then a full bird colonel, as oh, they say. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. So that would be um, – that's uh, – you know, we'll see how that goes. But the fact of the matter is um, you look back to this game and one of the most essential elements that I thought um, – what I thought that the, the Browns exhibited the other day was the fact that they closed out the game when the game was closing – on them. Right. You know what I mean? And you learn lessons along the way. You know, what one, one of the things I loved about, you know, with the boxing gym that we had. Right. And you know, you would train your fighters to grow as they learn from ring right. experience. Especially if you had a pro. Your first ten fights were all about making sure that he was learning against ever-increasingly complex and difficult performers. Right. You know, whether it's a southpaw against a, a typical right-hander or whether it's a, a guy who's, uh, who, who sticks and moves versus a phone booth fighter, you always look for different elements that they can learn so that as they get up to d- double-digit fights, they start progressing upwards in the, in the
1: rankings. Right, and, you know, when, uh, uh, when you spar... And you box, right? Uh, you take punches and you give punches. Uh, and uh, when you go live in practice, you give punches and you get punches. No question. And, uh, and uh, so you 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 grow. That's how you grow because yeah. you have to have different challenges to make you.
2: Able to to um, do the things that are going to happen to you in the ring or on the football field. Right. For instance, you're not going to sit there and have a guy that's uh, – uh, have a Mike Merriweather rush you when you're playing Reggie White. Right. All right, you need somebody big. You need a big, strong Edmund Nelson to stick that yeah. right arm out and try to lock out on you and club you yeah. and work that. Yeah. You know, you've got to work against those things that you know you need some work on. One of the things that I thought the Steelers needed was get that running game going. Well, by golly, they've got that running game going. Right. You know, now can they maintain that? Yeah. You know, and to me, that's the downside of having to COVID out and, and pull out a game because, dad gummit, now you're one game behind when you're just starting to hit your pace. Yeah. So. That would be my my biggest fear is that uh, they might take a half a step backwards. Uh, I think under you know the strong leadership that Mike Tomlin provides and the kick in the pants that he does, uh, I would I would think that the Ben, especially you got leadership oozing with Ben right
1: now. You right, know, I, I keep shaking it off, Ben. Keep going. So, uh, do you think Derek Watts Hammy is going to heal? Uh, this, He's
2: uh, down a while. Yeah, I think you know when you get a hammy like that, and I don't know whether it's high or low. You know what I mean? That's one of the specifics that you, you know, you don't see where the ice bag is when you're, you know, yeah. far away as we are. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I would suspect that you're going to have some issues there, which then leads me to believe you got to find somebody that can step up towards that fullback position because I think the fullback position was just becoming something that really started to make a difference in that running game. Yeah, you know, and I don't know whether you get Vance McDonald back there or yeah, have Vance you. McDonald. That's a possibility. Or you bring Trey Edmonds up from you right. know the practice squad. That's a possibility there. But I I do like that fullback, and I know a lot of people say no, it's not in the the modern uh, 2020 era. And I go, get go back, man, go back. Look at what some of these these good rushing foot. Fullback oriented football teams are doing.
1: Lorenzo Neal and Eddie George. Oh
2: yeah, yeah. And the coconut butt. You yeah, betcha. Yeah. Oh, I always every time you bring up Eddie George, I think of that monolithic hit by Casey Hampton, helmet to helmet right. with Eddie George when he was out before he even hit the ground. I mean, that ball came up. Casey Hampton came through and just lit him up, and it was like, you really want to go helmet to helmet with Casey Hampton? I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That was quite a and hit. So you know, one of the things that uh, uh, the rookies and uh, the second-year development of those players, uh, you know, they they, uh, they there's a challenge because they're not playing. Last week. Exactly. Yeah, and so it's...
2: how, when you're young, do you maintain that focus and intensity Right. when all of a sudden, you know, that, that the, the RPMs just drop off over the weekend or through the week because you know there's no game at the end of the right. week. And so suddenly you've got some young people that maybe, you know, it's, it's a throttling down that you want to make sure doesn't happen, and they've got to step yeah. back up and go, you know. So we shall see. One of the guys – one of the guys that I'm looking forward to as we progress along, that gummit is that Chase Clay. Yeah. Man. I mean, me, since me day too. one, he has been a highlight reel in, in uh unexpected great place. I mean, you right, expected, right, right, I expected right. something from him, but I didn't expect some of the great stuff that we were going to see
1: yeah. thus far. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's a great player, and he's big, he's strong, he's fast. He runs great routes. He's got strong hands. And, uh, you know, I'm a big fan.
2: Absolutely. And you know what else I noticed? When you watch him against the Oma, whatever his name is, the Houston cornerback, the rookie that he scorched on the 84-yard touchdown, Yeah, uh, that corner was trying to force him to the sidelines. You can't. Do it when the dude is 6'4 and 240. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, you're trying to butt, you know, get the butt going and push him out of bounds, you know, the butt ball stuff, and you're trying to edge him outside release. And he just ran right through it. Right. I mean, that to me was impressive because that sort of strength with that sort of linear speed, with those hands, get zooks, man. This guy is right. could be something really special.
1: Yeah. And uh, you know, I I think uh uh, ben is uh, simpatico with him. El and, simpatico. Yeah, yeah and, You got to
2: get the L in there, see, because that's the only if. The, yeah, the if L. you listen to Dora the Explorer, like I have to, because my girls, you know, I got little girls, and you got Dora the Dora Explorer. the Explorer. Yeah, you can't say simpatico. You to say El simpatico. Okay, it's like the sympathy. Yeah. <laughs> Jacob's like no. Yeah. No, that's. Were you watching Dora the Explorer, Jacob? <laughs> Yeah, oh, I'm funny. laughing. I'm laughing because sitting over there. Folks, can look at me. He's like, "Oh Lord, help me! <laughs> what am I supposed to do?" You know, it's like when Myron, the da- 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 dear Levon, and he go, "What am I supposed to do?" With yeah, 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 yeah. With, uh, with Myron,
1: when the, uh when, when the first game with Myron, <laughs> Myron told me in the car. He said, "You know, I drove him to to the to Canton right uh, for the Hall of Fame game." He said, uh, uh, "You know, Tunch, this is the way it goes. Bill says something, and I will say something, and then if I want you to say something, I will look at you and ask you a question. And so, uh, I and so when uh, when we were in the booth, the first play, and that was a lovely tackle by the dear Levon. Do you not think, Tunch?" And I said, "Do I not think?" <laughs> I, I'm, Lovely what, tackle. Just, how does that? Happen? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm thinking about you
2: driving, and here you are, six three. You know, you're around two fifty back then. Yeah. You know, and there's Myron, about five five and 130 pounds soaking wet. Right. Yeah. If I want you, I'll look at you. <laughs> Such was the great Myron Cole. Yeah, and and I froze. Oh, I know. I froze. I know Myron. I I always go back to the one banquet I did with him when I was a rookie. Ended up somewhere, you know, with the rubber chicken circuit, and uh, Mar- I got up and I was ahead of my Mar- and I started to make fun of his name a little bit. He said he sits down, he gets up, and he just torched me. And he was like, "Woefully, let that be a lesson to you. All right, you never mess with the man who's got the microphone last." <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right we're gonna go to break uh he's wolf i'm touch you're in the locker room and we'll be back after this
3: Yeah, I think it was good to get a full game under my
2: belt, just to know what I'm expecting, or to know what to expect uh, going into you know the next time that might happen. Uh, definitely speeds up the development, but you know I don't think there's you know too much more of a gap where I need to fill in.
0: You're in the locker room with Tunchin' Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunchin' Wolf. Oh, that was
2: Chase Claypool giving a little insight as to what it's like being a young buck and getting more snaps, increasing the rapidity, and and nice big word, right? Increasing. his development. Increasing
1: the development. Come
2: on, I'm I'm throwing out some big lingo here. Rapidity. of development, yes. yeah. Come on, that's like that's some good English.
1: That's huh? not good English. That's not good English. Yeah, no, I'd have smoked you in yeah
2: in a spelling bee, man.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. You, were you good in English? Um I was third in my sixth grade spelling bee. Well, but but were you good in English? Uh
2: you hear it every day, you know. You know that, that no. No. No, I just you know, academia just was not my thing. Yeah. You know, I had issues.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, uh, we're in the locker room. He's Wolf. I'm touching. We're talking about Chase Claypool. Yes, yes. Yeah,
2: you know the thing about him, he's got six receptions for 151 yards and a touchdown thus far, including an 84 right. yarder of scorched earth against uh, Houston. Right? Yeah. So, um, I'm sorry, Broncos. Yeah. Right? Or was that Houston? I can't. I can't even remember. I mean again I these things all conglomerated in my gourd, yeah you know what I mean so he goes so he goes eighty four yards there he's got a hundred fifty one yards and um you look at in fact Deontay got hurt against Houston, yeah and so Claypool had three more snaps than Juju one more than Ebron and eight more than James Connor right that's sixty one snaps out of I think it was near eighty or whatever uh for the game that's um that's a lot of snaps right. actually for a guy in his third professional game with no preseason whatsoever.
1: Yeah, and, you know, he's developing. Yes, he is. He is developing, and, you know, he uh, runs great routes. He's got, uh, He's big, he's strong, he's fast, he's got great hands, and he's got a great catch radius. And, by the way, that was against the Broncos I have right here. right. All I had to do was read the stupid thing. Yeah. There, I put
2: the notes there for a reason. If I yeah. just read it. We'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. But, yes, you're right. He's got a great catch radius. Uh, we saw that as he's streaking down the sidelines. We also realized and talked about the fact when you are big and strong, it's harder when you get one-on-one coverage, those corners, to bump and, and do the butt ball thing where they work you into the sidelines using right. the 12th defender, which is the sidelines for those guys. Because of his strength, because of his linear speed, it's extremely hard. And the fact that he's a, he's very physical. You know, some receivers aren't that physical. Right. Okay? I mean, but he gets up there, and we have seen him with our own eyes club Joe Hayden out of his way. Right. All right? I mean, he didn't club and then run around Joe Hayden. He clubbed Joe Hayden out of his way <laughs> at practice. Hey. And that's that's saying something. And Juju is physical, too. Yes, he is. Juju's very physical. But we're talking about the fact with the 6'4", to me – that's that's huge I mean juju six one yeah and he's a tough guy ain't no doubt about it we remember Vonte's perfect right remember he smackerated him in, in uh, Cincy, right yeah um the fact is I think Claypool is very much got the physicality like juju yeah but he's also got speed that juju does not have right he's got the catch radius that juju doesn't have. You know, James Washington is similar in the catch radius because he's got those inspector gadget arms. Right. You know, it kind of goes, go, go, gadget, and, you know, he can reach up. But, um, well, you know, I I just, I think Claypool, and I guess the point I'm trying to get to here is if you look at the targets thus far, all right, you've got DJ, uh, that would be Deontay, had 25 targets, Juju 19 uh, James Washington, fifteen. Eric Ebron, fourteen. Chase had nine, and Vance seven. Yeah, I would expect to see Chase getting more targets right. as we roll along. Would you not?
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, we're going to get more targets this week uh, because uh, you know the corners of uh, of Philly are not tall. Okay. Yeah. All right.
2: I had not seen them. Yeah, I watched a little bit Slayer, of later. Oh Darius Slay, yeah, yeah. Slay. and, and uh, whoever the
1: other guy is, I'll gotta
2: check that out. But uh, I don't have it written in my my uh, flip card yet. Yeah, just flip cards are pain. Yeah, you know. And then I got I got the two guards wrong. Yeah, I got them on the wrong side. So now I gotta start over. It's like you know, get It was just, it's just, I don't know. Some sometimes you just wonder about yourself.
1: All right, let's go to the phones. Uh, <laughs> Cr in Chicago. Cr, welcome to the locker room.
4: What's going on, you two old folks? You see our Steelers Nation Chicago. How the heck are you doing this morning, guys? We're
2: doing great on a gorgeous day.
1: Hello. How,
4: how much he took? You ain't <laughs> saying much. Are you doing okay?
1: He's great. Yeah. I, 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 I'm I, doing great. Uh, it's a beautiful day. So what's up? What's uh, Steelers Nation Chicago got to say today?
4: Well, first thing, I want to give a shout-out to, to Jacob and to our um, – baker's dirty dozen there you go uh, you know uh i appreciate the guys and everything and uh hey yeah hey, you guys are very fortunate to have jacob back there man he's he, he right. got a lot of good stuff going on so we got to give him his props as far as um you guys covered so much stuff so far this morning man uh romeo Kamel, i'm kind of glad he, he got that spot but uh that's not going to change the 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 team anyway because they got so many things going on it's it's all up in the management and leadership and all that. So you gotta you gotta do that. But I think he's a he's a good guy too. You talk about military, uh, and, you know, he's military. Your son's military yeah. uh, officers and all that. But behind every great behind every good officer, there's a great NCO. So next time you see your son, you <laughs> about about the the leadership of the noncommissioned officers without us, hey, absolutely
2: staff sergeants.
4: And, uh, oh yeah. Master Sergeant.
2: There master Sergeant, go. I'm sorry. Yes.
4: There you go. Hey, but you can call me Master. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'll <agree laughs> call you Master. <laughs> that, was, that was nicely uh,
1: but, done. Nicely done.
4: Yeah. I, hey, I'm learning. I'm learning. You know. uh, uh I was gonna say. Um, we are talking about Claypool. Um, you know, he, he's got his own a video thing that, that he puts on. He he showed a, a video a, a while back when he first came in, and you know when he went shopping and all that kind of stuff. I I like that Canadian connection. He's a he's got a lot of promise man he's going to be good as far as a uh, fullbacks um yeah we got to do something because people talk about fullbacks but hey uh let's think about rocky and and, and Franco. or uh, talk about fullbacks and, and and you know tailbacks and all that kind of stuff man that was uh that was a heck of a combination and we can use that because what it does is, it keeps the um especially when you got a fullback that can run and block That's that's very very important and catch out the backfield. Uh, hey, what is Rosie Nix doing right
2: now? I was just thinking that very same thing, CR.
4: Great minds think alike. Yeah,
2: that, I think it should scare you more than it scares me.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh,
2: what was your thought? Well, my thought is, uh, I know Rosie had been released from the Indy Colts. Right. And I don't know if he's still available out there. That's interesting. Because if, if – Derek Watt is going to be down for four to six right, weeks. pick him up. Then, you know what, I would love to see Rosie picked back up. Right. You know, because you could put him... Uh, because Rosie is a headbanger. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's one of those guys that he gets that downhill bang on. He digs people out. He doesn't squat in the hole. He comes after you and lights yeah. you up. So I would like to see that. Uh, that's a guy who shows those one-foot takeoffs. He doesn't go too in, in, into a deep squat. Stop. Right.
4: Uh, you think uh, you think we're gonna miss what more uh, at the fullback position or at the uh, on the crash course when he goes down on the, on the kickoffs and, and punt returns? Uh, both,
2: we, both, both. But both. I, here's the thing about it: we didn't really see the full manifestation of what Derek could do right offensively. Because I think his, they were just starting to get him more reps as a fullback. Yeah, um, we're really missing. You got to miss his great special teamers. I mean, this guy, this guy is a special teamer the way my brother Ron Wolfley was a four time special teams Pro Bowler. I mean, he was just one of those captains of crash. You know, it, violence was just second nature to him. That's what I loved about Derek Watt. That's what I loved about Rosie Nix. That's what I loved about my brother. Um, those guys were they never pulled the shoot whether they're playing fullback or whether they're playing. Uh, on the special team so the fact is um i think you're gonna miss both like chaluuch says and I would have loved to see where w- our offense would have been had he
1: you know derek Watt stayed at the fullback yeah you know uh, it, the you know the uh focus is on two tight ends though right yeah right. uh but uh you know but still that that fullback position
2: i you know chaluuch i know I know you're big on the two tight ends, and I, I you know, I, I agree with you. But I, I love the fact that when you get a little bit of a, a head banger in front of you, it does provide something. We've we've seen it, and it, and at times when the running game needs a lift, yeah, I think you know having a fullback really helps if well, you've
3: got
1: the right.
2: Fullback, yeah, well, obviously. well,
1: when Vance McDonald uh, plays wingback, he's uh, a banger pretty good at, yeah. a yeah head banger. Yeah, true. Oh yeah, he's a.
4: I, I still remember that that shovel off the, what was that, against Tampa Bay when he hit that guy along the sideline. Oh, oh. That's, a, that's a picture <laughs> to remember forever. You know, that,
2: that stiff arm, the best like part it. about it was looking at the people's faces on the sidelines. Yeah, Cam Hayward and some of the others. They're all like, whoa, did you see that when he dropped that dude on his keister? I mean, yeah. that was part of the fun of that whole thing. That,
4: that was beautiful. And uh, summing up things, uh, you know, you know what's interesting right now too is everybody's talking about Kansas City and Green Bay and yadda yadda yaddy and then of course in our division they're talking about the, the Browns and everything. But that's pretty cool because nobody's talking about the Steelers. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, it's all
2: right. You know, you just keep doing your deal. You get better each and every week. You come along, and then kapow, you hit them right in the kiss. Yeah, the, it's a steal, big
1: one. the Steelers are are like working men. Yeah. Yeah, the no lunch, doubt about guys, it. Right, lunch guys, market I'm guys, lunch market
4: guys. I've said enough. I'm gonna let somebody else get in there. All right, and you guys stay talk to again tomorrow. In between time, in the meantime, here we go, Steelers. Here we go.
2: All right, thank you, right, Steelers, Steelers Nation, Chicago. Indeed. All right. So as we were talking about before, yeah. Okay, we were talking about the fact that uh, hopefully Chase. Claypool gets more reps. We've seen more reps. Yeah. You know, with 61 reps, that's a lot for a young guy in his third professional game. But at the same time, more targets. Is yeah, important. we want to see more targets. I would like to see that. Now, the one thing I did say, and we both I think agreed on, when we were watching the preseason, that you could not judge his effectiveness merely by looking at his uh, catches, you know, and so forth. I think so much of what Chase is going to contribute, again, as we go along, is his ability to draft big windows for some of the other players. Right. You know, and be that guy that tears the top off the coverage, because the two things you can't really coach up are six four height and four four speed. Right. You know what I mean. So.
1: Yeah, and and you know I I think he is lighter than two forty. He looks lean. Yeah, yeah. He. But looks you know lean. he's so big. Yeah. Um. He might be. He might be
2: only two thirty or two twenty five. But yeah. But the fact is, he's physically strong, and he is not afraid of contact. Right. Right. You know? Right. He will. He looks like he's he enjoys the content.
1: Yeah, and you know, he he enjoys being on special teams. He does. He enjoys Who puts being their a hand
2: up to go, Yeah, when you're a virtually a first round draft pick. Right. I mean I can't Second say round. Yeah, he was the second round, but he should have been a first round. Right. Could have been a first round, had the Steelers. He is the Steelers' first round draft pick. Right. Only took him in the second round, though. And the fact is, he's top-shelf Canadian bacon, right? Yeah. All right. I mean, you you, you can't tell me right now that there's, there's a more exciting young wide receiver out there um, that's head and shoulders above Clay. Yeah. Chase Claypool. Yeah. I mean, Clay. Chase. Fucking your boy. Yeah. <laughs> But Clay was a very good wide receiver, too.
1: Yeah, and he was a good corner.
2: Yes, yes, he was. But the fact is, you know, with Chase Claypool, you got so much. And, you know, we've seen him with the uh, the jet sweep, you know, yeah. hand off, get some yardage. I think there's other ways that the, the receiver screens, whether he catches the ball or he's out blocking. Right. Um. He's, he's just got a lot of attributes that I think get the... Uh, you know, Randy Feetner can bring into uh, in, you know into full fruition and use.
1: Yeah, a, a, a lot of window candy. <laughs> a, yeah. a, a lot of window candy. Well, again, you know, you get him moving.
2: Um, I I I'm in favor of that. I think window candy's great. Yeah. you know, motion. Uh, zipper motion, jet motion, all kinds of trace motion, what have you, Uh, whether you go jumbo and you move the guys from one side to the other, all that stuff makes that defense have to adjust, communicate, and realign. And the more you can keep them from settling into one basic defensive posture – uh, you know that they they can read whatever it is right in front of them. You know you got it that that last snap, that last call before the snap is Rod Woodson used to talk about.
1: Yeah, you the know? The, the motion keeps the defense flat footed. It does. Yeah, and it makes him have to constantly
2: communicate. Go back to again. What was one of the things they said that Vince Williams did so great? Yeah. He communicated. Yeah, he's a great communicator. And he was great oh. at making sure everybody got the right alignment. After you know everybody settles down at the final snap, uh, as they say on defense. So to me, uh, I just think that's you know it's it's a no brainer to keep going with the the window dressing as you called
1: it. Yeah, window dressing. Uh, I, I love it. All right, all right we're going to take a break. Uh, he's Wolf. I'm touch You're in the locker room, and we'll be back after this. <laughs>
3: Yeah, definitely,
2: man. We work hard. We work hard in the outseason. Uh, we work hard during practice, and uh, you know,
1: we just want to continue
2: to continue to get better and better each week you know, uh, and continue to be a threat for uh, opposing
1: teams You know, uh, and continue to, to keep that fire underneath us so we can you know, uh, push this defense to be the best that we possibly can be.
0: You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf.
1: So that Bud Dupree was talking about him and TJ, and they are a awesome pass-rushing duo. It's like Butch, Cassidy, and the Sundance, Sundance Kid. Kid. Yeah, Butch and Sundance. Can I move? I'm yeah. better when I move. Yeah, I'm better when I move. <laughs> that's, that's great. Yeah. That's one of the best, best that, that lines in the movie. Strother Martin. Yeah, Strother-, Strother Martin, yes. Martin was, uh, you know, they were they were uh, uh, getting <laughs> hired by Strother Martin, and uh, Strother Martin threw a, a cannon the there. And he tried to he, shoot he, and it, and he said, "Shoot it." Yeah, can I move? I'm better, better when, when I, I move. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So the fact is, these two
2: guys—they're bookends that push each other. They're better than the, when they move. <laughs> they're much better when yeah. they move. You know, it's interesting because there was a, a, a nice. Uh, article on the fact that um you know I guess according to pro football focus um the bud gets like double teamed twice the rate of DJ. Right. I'm trying to figure that out. I'm like going, all right, now what's that about? Because normally you come up with you got your four bigs and Mike. Yeah. All right. But if your Mike is if your mic is to the right, if they call the mic to the right, you generally go wall to the other side. Right. And then you've got Cam Hayward generally over the left guard. Right. Or And they can be switched up, can be stuffed too. Um, but he's going to get double teamed. It's right. Cam, I think, that it would also get double teamed a lot. Um, and then you've got the ability for that left guard to back up the tackle, left tackle, when, when Bud is, you know, uh, uh, rushing, so I don't know that it's any more that uh, they go after TJ because I wonder how
1: much. Do you count chips? Do you count you know tight ends? I, I I would say Wolf that because Bud Dupree has such a quick start, uh, they chip them. They, uh, they yeah, chip. They yeah, chip yeah, em. That's true. Yeah, that that chip em. Because because uh, TJ is not as quick as Bud, but he's a uh, better pass rusher. You Overall, know, he's a better he, pass. He's a better But passer. together, they got six
2: sacks: three and a half, two and a half, yeah, like three and a half for TJ and two and a half for Bud thus far through three weeks, and they are right on pace for that. Uh, you know that whole thing where you talk about getting 20, 25 sacks, right? You know, together those two out guys, they got outside guys. They got to bring the the edge rush, right? Um, but you know, the other thing about it is, you think about the other elements that are available. Okay, I mean, just you got these four guys, and I'm telling you, I think it's it's almost a near perfect alignment right. with those two outside guys bringing it, as, it with such heat. But then you throw in a guy like Vinny Williams. Yeah, all right, he's got two sacks, he's got eight tackles for loss. I don't know how many quarterback hits he's got, but he's got he's got a few, right? Yeah. Then Mike Hilton. So now all of a sudden, you know, you've got the max side, max protect side. You got the wall side. Yeah. You got your four bigs. You got your Mike. You know, and then against Philly, we're going to see five large, right? Okay, five large guys. So I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm going, you know, Vinny can really screw things up, right? Because he's got that natural aptitude, yeah. to be
1: able to, yeah. to do time the things. It. Yeah, time exactly. Yeah. Tell and me about so it. Yeah, he he times the blitz very well. And uh, you know, when he's uh, going against uh, running back, that's no contest. Did you see David Johnson
2: try to uh, cut him right on the rush last time yeah. against you know against Houston? He swam him with an inside move that was, I mean it was slicker and snot
1: on a doorknob. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he went pff, right by him. Um. How about Mike Hilton? Yeah, Mike Hilton times the the, the blitz uh, well too. Now, if you think in my mind, I'm
2: looking at a quarterback who's looking at that
1: that fearsome foursome of the the front four, right? right.
2: You got the Watt. you got the Dupree, you got Cam Hayward, you got Steph Tuitt, right? Then all of a sudden, you got these secondary elements of Vinny Williams and Mike Mike Hilton. Hilton. Yeah. Now you're looking, and you know Vinnie's going to occupy some vision right across from you, right? But off the out of the corner of your eye, you gotta watch for Hilton with those last second come to the line of scrimmage and hit
1: it and get it. Yeah, yes. and uh and now we're seeing Terrell Edmonds. Terrell Edmonds is another guy that stepped up. You remember the fourth and
2: two at the fifteenth. Yeah. You know, against the Bronx and he gets yeah. Jeff Driscoll and sacks him. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you start looking at this and you're thinking to yourself, how does a quarterback wow. handle that? Yeah. You know, uh, to me, I couldn't even begin. I remember when we first you know, in, in college you didn't see many complicated rush blitzes, stunts, yeah. Bl- blitzes. Yeah, even just twists and stuff. You didn't see that many. Yeah. You know, and you just manned everything basically. But when they started coming with the the twists, I remember when as a rookie, I'm like going, oh, you mean somebody came by? What are you talking about? Yeah, probably <laughs> be screaming and going. You mean that? The, what? What happened? Because <laughs> you know it was just really hard to to grasp that. Right. But to see this with the quarterbacks being able to manifest that whole blitzing thing, man, with the, there's a lot of moving parts. there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go to the phones, uh, Doug from Arkansas. Doug, what's happening, brother? Welcome to the locker room. How you fellas doing this fine morning?
2: We're we doing are doing great. Absolutely great, yes. Better than we deserve. That's for sure. Amen and amen.
3: All right, I got to call you all on the carpet for, for the past two days. Okay. You've gone about two steps into the building of bragging on the Browns. That's about two <laughs> steps, too far. <thoughts. laughs>
2: Hey, you have to understand something, Doug. When you have no game, yeah, all right, you, gotta, you gotta talk and, about other teams. And you've you've spent 40 years belittling the Browns as I have. Yeah. All right. There's a point in time where you gotta go, okay. Oh, they're good. Yeah. You know, you have to acknowledge what they're doing because they could be a problem. And I'm just saying. And I'm not saying. I'm, I'm just, just saying. I'm not saying right. But the fact is, you got to give some credit where credits due. He's got something going on there. We got to be careful.
1: Yeah.
3: They give. They give up about what 580 yards to the Cowboys.
2: Absolutely. You know. But I mean, hey, they still put up a bunch, in the Cowboys. The Cowboys are the Cowboys. Are the yeah. cryboys? I yeah. gotcha. You know. But my point is, I never, never underestimate an opponent. Yeah. I never, never. I mean that if you get if you do it once. And it turns out to be the shellacking that you deserve for yeah. overlooking them. You'll never do it again, I promise. And,
1: no. you know, I, I think Kevin Stefanski is a good coach. I do think yeah, he's a good he, coach. He, he, I do
2: think they're still the Browns, but I do believe you got something going there right, when you right. can put up 49 like that in any game. Yeah.
3: Do you think, do you think he bought or rented a house?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, That's good. I, yeah. I that, think he
2: probably rented. <laughs> I like
1: that. Yeah, yeah. You know, coaches don't stay in Cleveland very long. Yeah, yeah. Most people hey, say when that. Y'all,
3: when y'all was talk,
1: go ahead. When y'all was talking about fullbacks a while ago,
3: y'all left one off the list that, that was one of my all-time favorites was Dan Kreider.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, Dan Kreider. Yeah, but you know what? Dan Kreider took a notch down ever since he 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 did fess up and he he pulled a calf and walked through up
1: yeah. the training camp once. <laughs>
2: Come on, who does that? Yeah. And do you admit to that? I yeah. couldn't have believed. I, I, he, he waited until after he retired before he admitted I, I to it. I wouldn't have admitted to it. Oh, no, you couldn't admit that.
3: We 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 got to meet him uh, in the line going into uh, the Hall of Fame ceremony uh, when
2: when uh, Bussy got put in. Oh, yeah. yeah. Danny Kreider me is as fine a human being as you're going to find.
3: It was uh, Jason Denault and Chris R- Cook and me. Oh, yeah. Uh, got got to meet him it, it, it was a uh, I, I even had my Dan Crider jersey on
2: oh man couldn't well, ask for better than that
3: all right fellas uh, i'll let you go one thing uh before i go but it, it's kind of bothered me a little bit is Washington James Washington's kind of getting lost in the mix a little bit and uh i was i had high hopes for him
2: well I hear you but you know what um he started off big you know yeah. with that touchdown catch in, in New York. And uh, he's going to yep. find his place. These guys are going to sort it out as we get moving along here. And you're going to see the targets are going to even out. But right now, he's got like 14 targets uh, or 15 targets. He's third. Um, he's not that much of a disappearing act. Yeah. Okay? It's not like he's disappearing. It, it
3: may just be the eye test. I, I hadn't really looked at the stats on him as, as much as I should have before I talked, I guess.
2: Well, you know what? I think he's got his matchups that where he excels yeah there's some yeah. there's some teams where you know you get him matched up with somebody he's going to excel and do the great stuff that he does, and then there's some others where he doesn't match up so well. I think chase, in my mind, chase is going
1: to be coming on because six four and four four is tough to beat, yeah, and you know what uh doug uh there's uh you know we have a lot of weapons, yeah. We have a lot of weapons, and so I think Ben Patience. is spreading it out. I, that's true. That's very true.
3: I'm kind of happy to see the tied-in position start to right kind of develop. We, it seems like it seems like we had a gap there between the Heath Miller and, and what's what's
2: taking place this year. Absolutely, uh, uh, but. I'll let you fellas get on about it. Y'all keep doing doing the good work, man. Thank you, brother, and it's great to hear from you. Yeah. Hello to the yeah. A3 gang,
1: man. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll I'll tell them for you. All right. All right, bud.
2: Appreciate you, brother.
1: Yeah. Uh, so Take you care. know you know one of the things uh, Doug said was uh, you know James Washington, right? And uh, you know James is uh, gonna uh, show up in a big way. Uh, I think
2: I think he's got, at, at, like I said, the opportunity. He matches up with certain people so very well, yeah. and you exploit him. In some weeks, you know, you got those match. You know, there's there's physical matchups that sometimes it behooves you to stay away from those physical matchups. Yeah, you know what I mean. There's certain guys that, that create a matchup problem for anybody. You look at Chase Claypool. All right, now you start to double team Chase Claypool. Oh, what does that do? Well, now that shifts the focus yeah. from where you want to go with the ball. If you've got somebody like Chase that can because of his physical size and speed, not necessarily his his uh, catch performance because he hasn't had that many receptions, but just out of his ability to go yard as he's demonstrated, you know, now you start to look at, uh, elsewhere. Right. So be patient.
1: Yeah, it's a long year. Juju uh, running underneath routes.
2: Absolutely. He's and, he's got two ninety-seven yard catches. And,
1: and you know uh, uh, Chase Claypool running the over routes.
2: Absolutely. So
1: I look at uh, that and I simply say,
2: you know, as Mike Tomlin said last week uh, before, uh, you know, Eric Ebron came out. Keep watching. Right. You know. Keep watching. Yeah. So anyhow, um, one of the things also going back to the blitzing. All right, that we were talking about. Um, I am. I'm. I'm really excited, and I think in the next hour we're going to talk a little bit more about Mike Hilton and what right. he's doing. But he's doing some exciting things that I uh, that are almost Palomalo esque. Yeah, you know? right. uh, watching him advance towards the line of scrimmage and sugar things.
1: Yeah, you know one of the things that uh, Mike Hilton he times the blitzes up very well.
2: He does, but he also makes himself hard to spot. At yeah, times. yeah.
1: Yeah, he, he's uh, he's invisible. At I mean times. you know what he,
2: he's a little squat monster. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, it's it's not like he's a six foot five guy and you notice him all the time. But it's it's kinda like it, he's one of those little annoyances at the edge of your vision that, that all of a sudden appears and then he becomes a big annoyance when he's when he's nailing somebody.
1: Well, you know what one of the things, uh, uh he's off uh the slot receiver when he's covering. Um, but you know he uh, he has a knack for to drop down, r- drop down and right. rush the, uh, rush the quarterback, and he does and, and he, he does, does very well. Yeah, and one of the things that I saw that I couldn't
2: even believe was on one run, um, he stuffed the tackle. Right, he stuffed an offensive tackle. All right, he stuffed him and came off and made the hit on the back. Are you kidding me? Yeah, what would Chuck have said? Yeah, he's a little guy. Yeah, he would have said that's a mighty small number to stuff you. You know what I mean? Him
1: him coming off and setting the, setting the edge of 5'8 guy? Well, you know what? One of the things, the offensive linemen don't run over the defensive no. backs. No, they don't. Like we did. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we, we were a saliva. We we were salivating, <laughs> salivating, <laughs> salivating. Yes, salivating, um, yeah, salivating. Saliv- tomato, yeah. tomato. Yeah, yeah. and and we were salivating when we had a defensive back, and Absolutely. we wanted to run through him.
2: You know, you wanted to vaporize a guy. You know, that's the way the game was played back yeah. then. You yeah. know, and it was there was such enjoyment in it. There was such excitement in it. You know, yeah. um But now it's about stretching the guys east and west, and you know letting the back pick the thing out. But when I, I I still say at five eight and a buck ninety whatever Mike is, yeah, to be able to do that is is just phenomenal. And stuff. you know he
1: is uh, he is able to squat on an you know, offensive lineman pulling. Oh, there's no question. And he and he ducks them. He ducks under and guys just get a piece because guys
2: don't hit with their heads. Right. And they end up putting their chest on him and he can under and up them.
1: Right, uh, as Coach Noll always used to talk about. So, all right, all right. we're going to take a break. He's Wolf. I'm Tunch. You're in the locker room. We'll be back after this.
5: Stealing your love away, cause you never give it. Peeling the ears away, and we can't relive it. Oh, i make you laugh, and you make me cry. I believe it's
0: time for me to fly. You're in the locker room with Tunchin' Wolf, Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf.
1: Well, we're back. He's Wolf. I'm Tunch. You're in a locker room, and we have Bob Labriola from Steelers Digest and Steelers Radio and Steelers TV. Uh, And uh, uh, Bob, you know what? Wolf had that played because he wanted to tell you Name dropping that that he was a friend of Kevin Cronin.
6: (laughs) Well, I mean, um, you know, you only are who your friends are, as I've been told.
1: There you go, Lebs. Me and
2: Kevin, we hang out once every twenty-five years or so.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Whether he wants to or
5: not.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Labs, you know, I, I, I we got t- time for me to fly, and you would have to fly to go to some of the places that you get from asked and answered. That great count, you got Panama, you got Cambodia,
6: yeah, uh, you got there Brazil. <laughs> wolf, yeah, there was a time, Wolf, in my youth, where I would have done anything not to go to Cambodia. Yeah, but you're not, you're not as old as me, but um,
2: I hear you. Yeah, there was
6: a time in the '60s where that was. Uh, he tried to avoid that at all costs.
2: No doubt Brazil. about it.
6: Was so a Brazil today?
1: Yes, I yeah. see that. Do, you know, um, labs. When you see how many people calling are are uh, writing you from all over the world, do you feel good? Mm. I mean, I, I would feel good. I think uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool.
6: Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I mean. Uh, that has much more to do with the global appeal of the Pittsburgh Steelers than the yeah, global right. appeal of me. <laughs> I mean, I'm not uh, – I, I have no delusions about that. But, I mean, it just goes to show you that, um, you know, American football is something that is, uh, you know, a worldwide sport. I'm not going to say it's more popular than soccer. Um, but, um, you know, in, in the NFL – does have fans everywhere uh, and they're they're probably Americans you know living uh, a lot of different places so yeah i mean it 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 tells me more about you know what people around the world think about the sport than certainly than it does about me
1: yeah you know what it, it, you have a global appeal too labs <laughs> yeah cuz i read your articles and i read Uh, Asked and Answered, and uh, you do a great job. No, we truly do appreciate it. Like I told you, that Hall
2: of Honor piece you did on the five guys going into the Hall of Honor, that's worth reading, man. That is good stuff. That's good background. So anyhow, enough platitudes, as you would say, right? So, right. so moving on here I gotta ask you, I, one of the things that I, I thought was absolutely sensational was the fact that you got you know, one of the conversations was about taller cornerbacks and Mel Blunt and how Bill Nunn and Chuck Knoll went back and forth and and that uh, Bill, Bill Nunn said that Mel was too tall, couldn't flip his hips enough and things like that and Chuck stayed true to his convictions but I also, you know, I would have to say you know, also the fact it's hard to flip your hips or you don't have to flip your hips when you can flip the other guy because Mel was so brutal when I remember watching Mel just trash people that tried to block him like like wide receivers it, it was like it was almost hilarious you know he could jam yeah, them I'm, ridiculously so
6: yeah there were there you know Mel Blunt uh, the rules until they changed them because of him right. um, you know he was so fast and big and strong you know bump and run um, you know, as soon as the ball was snapped, his hands were on you um, as a wide receiver. Right, and I don't know. I don't imagine. I mean, I'll bet you he could hold better than you two guys combined. <laughs> um, yeah. um, but uh, you know, there was just no getting away from it, and that was one of the things that Bill Nunn always said was Chuck was able to see uh, ahead. Uh, or into the future kind of is what I mean, and that Mel Blount would be able to do this, yeah, you know he had the the strength uh, the size, and he was fast enough that you know there wouldn't be a whole lot of running and chasing with him and and, and doing his coverage, and you know it's very similar you know to the foresight that you know Chuck Noll had when they when they passed that rule uh, because a lot of other maybe lesser coaches in his situation might have looked at the rule, looked at his defense and whined about what that was gonna do, uh bad things, how was gonna limit his defense. Noel on the other hand looked at his offense and saw possibilities. Right. So he he approached the new rule that way. Um and uh, you know, it it that's the kind of um, you know, foresight, uh forward thinking vision, you know, that made him you know, one of the great coaches in NFL history.
1: You know, JT Thomas always says that uh, no matter what the coverage was—cover two, cover three, cover one—Mel uh, was playing. Man, I, man, <laughs> man,
6: Well, yeah, and you know, and you know, in some of those games against the, Ra- uh, the Raiders, for example, you know, Cliff Branch. What was he like? Five ten, 100 nothing. Very good player, very fast. Um, you know, that, that's like, you know, a bigger brother on his little brother. Yeah. You know, you just, you know, the size, uh, disparity, the strength disparity, um, just made it, uh, you know, tilted the field so heavily in Mel Blunt's favor that, um, you know, why would you not have him do that?
3: Yeah. You know,
6: you know what I mean? It, it just made perfect sense. You would put him on the best guy and he would just grab him and throw him on the ground <laughs> and then this was the other, and I remember you know talking about this with Mike Tomlin when he would you know kind of want to you know go back in Steelers history and shoot the breeze back in a day where you could actually you know like look at people you worked with in the same room and converse with them. Remember those days? Yeah. Yes. How many years ago those were? <laughs> um, yeah. But and I, I always told him you know when we would play. You know, touch football in the street, you know, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, and then you'd rush the quarterback or whoever's playing quarterback. That's what it was in the seventies. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, get the three Mississippi. I don't even know if you finished the third Mississippi and you're running for your life. Yeah. You're just rushing four. And yeah. four defensive linemen and that's it. And so you know, that was a tremendous luxury too. Um you know, as a a defensive coordinator or a defensive coach or or whatever, uh, or as a defensive back, you knew that you were going to have to cover very long. So you could afford to get up in a guy's face, put your hands on him, and, you know, wrestle around with him a little bit.
2: (laughs) I remember my rookie year, we ran a P39 GO, and I met two of the greatest secondary performers, Hall of Famers, in Pittsburgh history, One was Donnie Shell when Donnie was the force man and he air mailed me to Chuck and then I remember the other was with Mel when he was uh, he was the uh, the the corner force guy and I came out and I was sprinting as hard as I could and I drew, you know, straight down the middle of Mel and in my mind I'm thinking this is Mel blood it's Mel blood you know how you get this the screaming camel in your head <laughs> and I came right at him he laid me <laughs> <laughs> I mean I got nothing but air and then dirt when I plowed up like a hunk of 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 uh latrobe dirt with my face mask. <laughs> I didn't even touch him.
6: <laughs> well that's the other thing too. the athlete he was
5: oh yes, yeah,
6: You, you threw all that stuff together um and you know it's obvious what, what he finished with uh i'm this is off the top of my head fifty two interceptions is the number that comes to mind right um. That's a pretty big number um, for a guy, especially in playing in that era when you know first and second down will run the football, right? Unless you were really behind the chains or penalties or you know something like that, or behind in the scoreboard. So you know, attempts, attempted passes in in that, the the seventies, the early to mid seventies, twenty five maybe was a was a that big was a number. big number, yeah. Hey. Um, and and so to be able to come away with that many interceptions, fourteen game seasons, a lot of them were, um, you know, it it just emphasizes uh, the greatness of Mel Blount.
1: You know, uh, when when uh, uh, Wolf pulled around and <laughs> stuck uh, Donnie Shell and Donnie Shell, Donnie, Donnie stuck me, Donnie stuck Wolf <laughs> and threw him at uh, Chuck's uh, feet. Chuck's feet and Chuck. Uh, I uh, looked at him and he said, that wasn't very good. <laughs> I will never forget thinking in my head when Chuck looked at me because that wasn't very impressive.
2: And I thought, are you kidding me? Did you see how far I sailed? <laughs> well, at least you
6: got thrown by a Hall of Famer. Exactly.
2: I, exactly. At least it was a Hall of Famer that mailed me. Yeah, right. Hey, Labs, you know, one of the things that has uh, just really been wild is the way, in my mind, the NFL's done, I think, an exceptional job in putting a lid on the COVID stuff, on the protocols and everything, and uh, the adherence to those protocols has really provided the NFL an opportunity to move forward, such as like the other leagues haven't had, I don't think, the same sort of uh, great results, but that Tennessee stuff, that I I know that Mike Vrabel came out and said, "Hey, there's no blame here and there's no," but it seems to me that th- there's got to be something going on to have that big of a a COVID outbreak.
6: Yeah, and you know, the and, and a lot of the things that have been happening, you know, in in light of that, I think kind of tip the um scale that, you know, Mike Vrabel is saying what he has to say, excuse me, he has to say, you know, to stick up for his team. Right. Because the NFL is down there now investigating. Right. Um, the league and the Players Association are down there, and they're ve- investigating. And I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not an epidemiologist, and I don't play one on your radio show. <laughs> but it just certainly seems to me that when you look at, like, the, the, the New England situation, Cam Newton uh, tested, but there were no other positive tests. Um, so then they were able to play the game last night. Uh, You look at the team that played the Titans most recently, the Vikings. um, They had no positive tests either before the game or in the entire week after the game, and so um,
2: that's a head scratcher.
6: Right. Well, you know the the narrative that the Titans didn't do anything wrong, and and you know maybe to Mike Vrabel's knowledge, they didn't do anything wrong or whatever, but, you know, I, 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 I have to respectfully disagree. And um, that's why I think that, you know, we saw last night, I believe, or maybe it was early this morning, the new um, protocols that the league and the union have agreed to. And I think they're a lot heavier on the punitive. Yeah. And you know, now they're talking about draft picks. Ooh, If, if, you, if your team causes you know, a cha- a forces a change in the schedule or cancellation of games, uh, they're going to hit you hard. It's going to be big-time fines, draft picks, and you may have to forfeit. And so I think that, you know, you watch um, the, the Raiders game. Raiders, who did they play? Buffalo.
5: Right. Is that the,
6: the 4 o'clock game or the Sunday night, I can't remember. But Gruden continues to flaunt the rules. Right. On television. Yeah. So – going to slap him down or do something because whatever, you know, you don't have his attention yet. Mm-hmm. Um and so um the I I really believe that the NFL Roger Goodell, and I think he's got the backing of the players association because the original agreement bef- between the league and the union was that, you know, it was going to be pay for play. Yeah. So just let's just pretend that this didn't happen but the, let's just pretend to use it as an example if they had had to cancel Steelers Titans okay everybody gets docked a game check hmm. now if you're Ben Roethlisberger, that's a big number yeah
1: man. no doubt no doubt and if doubt. you're
6: not and you're you're some rookie or you know whatever you may need that money
1: yeah we For we need yeah i would have lost my 2500 a week yeah 25 <laughs> grand i made my rookie yeah. year
6: so um you know this is This is the kind of thing I think that you know that was agreed upon already, so if some of these teams or individuals on these teams do not get the message or don't care to follow the rules or you know they think it's not for them or you know whatever uh, there's going to be more additional consequences, and I believe they're going to get more severe you know as this goes on and so uh, you know my advice would be. You know, follow the rules because right. I, I just—I I really do believe that the punishment, you know, on the back end for some of this is going to get to the point where um, if you're not the owner, you're going to hear from the owner,
5: yeah, who's going to
6: tell you, look, you know, you either, you know, and here's the other. Let me before I—I you know, keep interrupting myself. Here's another thing that um, needs to be understood. By potential violators of the rule if they're players. Mm-hmm. You know, that's non-foot... COVID-19 is classified as non-football injury. Non-football injury, or NFI, those three letters that I'm sure all players hate to hear, gives the team the right not to pay you. Ooh. Like, if you injure your knee, you blow out your knee, you get paid. Right. If it's a... You know, that, those kinds of things.
3: Right. But if it's
6: an NFI, if you wreck your car or... Um, whatever, you're doing something that uh, away from football, away from the facility that has nothing to do with your job, and you sustain an injury that withholds your services from your team, that can be classified as a non-football injury list, NFI, and the, your team has the option to not pay you. Yeah. Hey. And so, you know, that's that's another thing that I think that, you know, should be considered because, you know, we've already heard Ben, a couple of weeks ago, talking about, you know, he doesn't let his kids go to school. They right? Make, you know, they opt for the home uh, online learning thing, and he doesn't let, have anyone in the house. Uh, Bud Dupree, I believe it was yesterday. Yes, yesterday was Monday. He did a Zoom call. Said, "I don't do anything. I go to practice, and I go home. I go grocery shopping occasionally because I need food. But outside of that, I'm not doing anything because, you know, I'm trying to." Um, not be a problem in terms of spreading this virus, and I'm paraphrasing.
5: Um,
6: So, uh, you know, you have a lot of guys like that doing it that way, doing the right thing, and one person who, again, is either arrogant or careless or, you know, just doesn't care, um, you know, can bring down the whole house of cards. And so I just believe that they're not going to fool around with this. And, uh, you know, the Titans – May have been fortunate in this respect. They were the first. Yeah, you know, that's true. Um, so you know, it's like when you're a kid and your brothers and sisters, and you know, the first kid to break the window with the baseball, you know, okay, don't do it anymore, right? You know, maybe you take his allowance <laughs> and make him pay for the glass or whatever. The second kid that breaks the glass with the baseball. The punishment's going to be more because you got told about it.
2: Exactly. And so I think
6: that that's going to be a similar situation moving forward here with this virus.
2: Labs, we got a roll, brother. And I could tell you a story about being the second kid with the broken glass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Yep, it's not Been a fun there. deal. Yeah. Been there, felt that. Boy. All right. Been there, felt that. Thank you, brother. We'll talk All to you right, next fellas, week. Take it easy. All right, All man. Right. All right, we're off to uh, we're off the break. We'll be right back after this.
1: Got I quick time. Why? Just because of the... Do you go into... You know, you got
3: us rushes on the outside, so um, to answer your question, I do think, you know, that uh, that offenses have to account for it.
0: You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf.
1: So we're back, and uh, they... <laughs> You're looking at something, then all of a sudden you just launch forward. Uh, you know what? was like, oh, what happened? Robert Tonian who scored three touchdowns for Green Bay. It's from Indiana State. No way. Yeah. No way. He's a former Sycamore.
2: Former Sycamore with amazing fighting trees. Yeah. Oh, very good. So he he was
1: big last night, huh? Yeah, he
2: was big last night. All right. All right. Well, anyhow, welcome back to the locker room. And, uh, you know, one of the things that that we ran out of time, but I wanted to ask – Labs. And because, again, the COVID protocols are all something that you've got to live with. And there's new ones that are coming right. out. They had, uh, you know, a big uh, to do with GMs and coaches and so forth on a call right. yesterday because they had to reestablish the protocols. I'm wondering what was said to John Gruden and right. the Vegas Raiders over their breach of protocol.
1: Right, right, right. When they went to that uh, charity event and they weren't wearing masks and no one was wearing masks
2: and no one screened the people yeah. coming in and I thought that was okay. That's that's a problem. Uh John Gruden famously, infamously, you know, which is better than famous, yeah. uh allowed a guy to enter the Raiders locker room at right. a home game after a game and he didn't go through two security uh, checkpoints, right. so I'm just wondering wh- if you if you have to reschedule a Raiders game right. because of a Raiders outbreak, yeah. that should be forfeited yeah. there's no question in my mind that that should be forfeited and that should cost you some draft choices maybe if you are going and Groots, I hey look, I, I get it he's a competitive guy you know, on the sidelines, he's yelling at the refs and sometimes the mask I or he pulled it down and he just he left pulls it, it down, down yeah, yeah. So I don't know, you know. I, I I look at the Kansas City staff. Most of them had those those plastic screens, right? Right. You know, like uh, I would wear that. It seems like that would be less problematic.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean. So, but I, the first game, uh, uh, Andy Reid, uh, his uh, his face fogged up.
5: Yeah. <laughs>
2: He needs a squeegee. He needs windshield wipers on that thing. All right, so here's the other thing I wanted to ask, and I I didn't get an opportunity to ask Labs, was um, about, if you remember, there was a report last week on NFL.com. There was a bus driver who drove the Titans to their game last weekend in Minnesota and also drove Major League Baseball's Astros on their trip for a playoff series this week against the Twins. He tested positive. Or that person tested positive for COVID 19. I don't know if it was a man or woman. So,
1: anybody else test positive? I'm
2: still wondering, you know, what the ramifications of that, you know? Yeah. Who, uh, you know, I didn't hear anything about the Astros, but if, um, you know, if that bus driver was positive and, you know, initiated some of the problems, I don't know. I mean, it's just. uh, I don't know how the the Vikings escaped not right. being, you know. But uh, the
1: Vikings played Tennessee. Right, but Tennessee,
2: yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. How did they not get infected at all? Yeah, well, Tennessee I mean,
1: got infected. Right. I mean,
2: Tennessee got infected, and I don't know if it was from the bus driver or not. Yeah. But how does it not spread to Minnesota if you're out on the field in face-to-face contact? Yeah. I don't know. So that's just one of the things that, in my mind, it's a little... I don't know what to think of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, and if you have the COVID, if you're an offensive and defensive lineman, you're face-to-face. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I don't know how you don't get it. Yeah. I mean, you're out there. You are you tackle. You're in a pile. You know, guys are breathing
2: on each other. Breathing and, and, you on know, me. and,
1: you know, after the game, the people are hugging each other. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So... It just seems to me rather unusual. Now,
2: I know that they put in some more protocols. Uh, teams that, like the Vikes, for instance, that were possibly exposed, you've got daily point-of-care testing and only virtual meetings and face masks on the field by the players and staff at all times. Now, if you only got virtual meetings, why are you, here's one of the things I don't get. How can you have face masks on the field if you only have virtual meetings? So I don't know. These are these are all things that just make me go, "What's going on here?" You know, what I mean. But the fact is, um, you've got they've done a, they the NFL to this date has done an excellent job right. of maintaining safety precautions. You know, uh, I just wonder as we go on further. Yeah, there's uh, there's more and more people, and actually, there's reports out there that um, some of the coaches are in favor of it a 10 or 12 game season. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh. So that, yeah, I've heard, uh, some reports now they're talking about my, I remember way back when, uh, we were doing zoom calls, Yeah, you know, we were doing our show yeah. in the off season or the, in the, during the quarantine. And I was like, you know, maybe you just do home and away divisional games, Yeah, you know, and then you go into the playoffs. It could be one of those deals. And, um, you know, nobody seemed to think that was a good idea, which right. I've had uh, very few really good ideas in my lifetime, I must say. Yeah. Uh, but the fact is, you look at that and you think to yourself, well, if you can get eight divisional games and then go into the playoffs where you could move games around and everything, that's a possibility. But
1: to go only eight games, too. I, like. I don't think they, they need to move games just yet. Uh, if uh, If... That would James be a monumental yeah, rescheduling yeah, yeah, if they right, did that. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? Uh, um, I think that uh, uh, the wild card weekend could be pushed back. True. Yeah. That's
2: true also. I Like I said, the one thing I am in favor of is saving the uh, movability, if it were, of games for the playoffs because that's the most important time right. that you've got. And then also um, quarantining – the uh, Super Bowl contenders, right before the Super Bowl game, yeah. um, I think that would be a huge thing.
1: What one one of the things that I, um, I mean, the, I would go into quarantine for yeah, two weeks. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. yeah are you well, kidding me? Uh, do you think that there's going to be a full crowd for the, the Super, Super Bowl? Bowl? No. Yeah. No.
2: Uh, it, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they made it more pay per view or something yeah. like that. You know, trying to get any sort of how many guys do you think they're going to take right now? I mean, let's see, it's going to be in Florida, thirty thousand. Yeah, Uh, I don't know what are they doing it in Jacksonville. They're only doing like ten percent or something like that. Yeah, so I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of um, fans that are going to be able to attend the Super Bowl, and it's going to be it's going to be extremely
1: awkward. So who do who do you determine? Goes in to see. Yeah, the really? Super Bowl. How do you do that? I mean, maybe, you got family. You or, got... Or, or, or maybe you, uh, it's a big ticket item. Boys, going can be a big ticket item. Oh, if we
2: could have had our tickets this year, uh. we, could, we could sell our tickets. Hold on, yeah. get the best price. <laughs> yeah, I got a ticket here for $10,000 and I got another ticket for another $15,000. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, too bad. But anyhow. We'll have to see, you know. Um by the way, did you see the ending of that Giants uh Rams game? Jalen Ramsey and Golden Tate?
1: No. They went at it. There's a little bad blood there. Yeah, there there was a big brawl. Yeah, I, there was I, a big brawl it. at
2: the end of the game and it's a shame. And uh, you know, without getting into the uh weeds on the whole thing that Jalen Ramsey, he's a little bit of an egghead. You know, um there's Golden Tate's a pretty tough guy. Right. Uh, but Jalen Ramsey went after him, tackled him really hard, and there was some family. There's some family issues between the two men, but um, that turned into a big brawl. Right, man, guys were out there. You remember when uh, we were down in Houston? Right, we we're pulling. Uh, you know, guys were in, in there. We we're a lot of things going on there.
1: Yeah. So, all right, uh, let's go to the phones. Uh, Dano in Florida. Dano, welcome to the locker room.
4: Gentlemen, how are you today?
1: Fantabulous. How are you? Good, buddy.
6: I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Um, just wanted to answer that question that you had, Wolf, real quick. Um, it says on one of the uh, sports pages that I have that um, the Raiders did, uh, the fewer Raiders did get fined for that fundraiser.
2: Wow. Oh, oh okay. Yes, I, that's I, I, right. I didn't oh, hear that. you're
6: right. Yes, you are. Very uh, good. I the one guy that I, I must have uh, been running the fundraiser, he got fined thirty thousand. Darren and Darren Fu- and a few other ones got fifteen.
2: Okay, yeah, Darren Feller or Fuller was his name.
6: Uh, I thought it was Waller. Waller, I, I okay, Darren
2: Waller. It. Yeah, okay. I had the error down. I had the lure down. <laughs>
4: that's yeah. that's
2: yeah, much yeah, I got it. Thursday,
4: right?
2: I but, hope. I hope if you know if they find these guys, I hope they send it to a charity. I mean, at least That's the, the okay. charity could benefit from it, you know. Yeah. Yes, sir.
6: Well, I just wanted to call in real quick. I just happened to—I was actually reading at the same time you asked the question. Well, thank so you. Call, I
2: appreciate it? you for calling in and answering Thanks, my Dano.
1: Appreciate you, brother. Problem. All right.
3: God bless. Take care. Love you guys. God All bless right, you man. guys.
1: God bless you, Dano. Love you too. Uh, you know, they—you uh, know—they got fined. Yeah, they did get fined, and what? Did 30, you know 000? that? Did yeah, I, know
2: that? I, I actually, I, I heard something about it. Now that Danos pointed it out, um, I do have it. It's down here on the, the, the uh, list of stuff. And you know, they thirty thousand to uh, Waller, uh, fifteen to some other guys. But I mean, you're talking about forty five, sixty grand. I should go to the
1: charity. Yeah, you know, just put, stick it in the charity, man. Yeah. You know that uh, I don't know so anyhow well I think you know when the fines come out uh the the NFL goes to the NFL charities United Way
2: you're right but uh, I, yeah. I think if you're gonna be out there and you're gonna get banged for a you know a buck like that on a charity you might as well you went to the fundraiser it was a charity fundraiser right you might as well donate it, make the guys yeah. donate to it you know I mean that gummit is just like uh I don't know I mean why send it somewhere
1: else? Because you were there already. Yeah, but the NFL wants it uh NFL <laughs> charities. I know.
2: But I mean, come on. Spread the wealth around here a little bit, you know? You got something yeah. you got a charity there, a function in Vegas. You might as well put the money into the the charitable functions in Vegas. Right. And I'm not talking about the casinos. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a charitable function that nobody nobody wants. So all right. I got to um I want to ask you something because I got some statistics here that I think you could almost make a, you could almost make an argument for uh, Mike Hilton to be our defensive MVP right. thus far. You know yeah. what I mean, Chalooch? I was looking at some of the statistics here, and you got here, you got Mike Hilton in three games. He's got twenty tackles. Right. He's got two sacks, four tackles for loss, four quarterback hurries or hits, uh, one interception, one fumble recovery, and two passes defensed. Yeah. That's pretty good. Right. Now if you put him up against, let's say, Devin Bush, Devin Bush in three games, he's got nineteen tackles. Yeah. A half a sack one quarterback hurry, and two passes defense.
1: Yeah, Mike Hilton uh, is leading uh, towards uh, the defensive MVP.
2: Yeah, I, I, you know, there's something. I mean, right now, he's just three games worth. Right, It's a small sample. Yeah. Stay tuned, as Mike uh, Mike Tomlin would say, or keep watching. But then you look at Minka Fitzpatrick. Okay, Minka's got uh, five, uh, let's see, 13 tackles. Yeah. Now, and I, this is not a criticism because I think Minka is fabulous. Yeah. You know, and we're going to go into this more in the next segment. But he's got a total of 13 tackles, and that's it. I mean, no takeaways. Yeah. Nothing there. So we'll be back with some more. Hey, we'll be right back after this. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf.
0: Westbound Road, right away I made my choice. Headed out to my big 2 You're in the Locker Room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf.
1: Well, we're back. He's Wolf. I'm Tunch, you're in the Locker Room. And uh, we've been uh, talking about... Uh, The COVID nineteen thing, and we've been talking about uh, not uh, uh, playing a game (laughs) last week. And uh, you, you know, it's
2: hard when you get on a roll and everybody else is playing, right? You know, and then suddenly it comes to a screeching halt, right? You know, even when I came in and and they were talking about postponing the game, I didn't understand that they were talking about rescheduling the whole thing. I was thinking like Monday or. Tuesday yeah at, at the best yeah
1: I I thought uh that I didn't, was I didn't, rescheduling
2: good. didn't even cross my mind for whatever reason
1: yeah and uh and it did yeah it, it and it you know it's uh what I I want to uh talk about the fact that uh Baltimore gets a bye week Mm-hmm. And then they get they go into our game. Yeah, I uh, see. I don't like stuff like that, right? Because now you got unintended consequences
2: that roll out from that. Um, but it is what it is. Mike right. Mike tomlinson has got to be light on her feet, and you got to roll with the punches, right? Uh, and and so they will. Just to finish up on what we were talking about in the last segment, because I think um, and maybe we roll into it more. But T.J. Watt, okay, if you total up his three games. All right, he's got nine tackles, three and a half sacks, five tackles for loss, ten quarterback hits, an interception, and two passes defense. That's pretty impressive. Right, right. That's defensive player of the year type uh, material. Yeah. But I look at Mike Hilton, and some of the things that he brings, and again, he's got a lot of tackles. He's got a lot of unassisted uh, solo tackles. Nineteen tackles. Yeah. Um, You know, I look at that and I think he brings some of a. It's it's hard to quantify exactly just what he brings in totality, right. but he he is he's bigger than his numbers I think
1: right 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 you know those
2: numbers are big but he's bigger than those numbers you know
1: what he, uh, one of the things that Mike Hilton has he's got a great feel for the game yes he he sees he's an the excellent players tackler developing too. yeah and he's uh, he's good tackler and he's and he's good in zone coverage. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah,
2: Um, he's he's capable. You know, he's he's a capable cover guy, but his tackling ability in the box, his ability to blitz and and harass the quarterback, um, those things, and and, you know, I I don't think you can. It's hard to quantify by saying you know it's not like three and a half sacks. Right. You know, like like uh, uh, TJ. Yeah. Um. There's just more to even though he's got two sacks. The, the, just the fact that him buzzing in from the side, you know, from one of the the you know when he's uh, from off and over the slot, and he buzzes in. Just the amount of harassment that he he gets the quarterback to throw faster than he wants to, or you know maybe not step up in the pocket like he wants to because you're not really sure where Mike Hilton is. Yeah. When you see him come on, you see him come off the slot. You don't know where
1: he can pop up. Right. You know? So
2: those those sorts of things are. That's, I think there's value in that, so yeah,
1: let's go to the phone calls. Let's go to Pepe uh Pepe in North Carolina, Pepe, welcome to the locker room.
7: Hello, how are you doing? Hey, uh, let me pull out something from my way 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 too late file if I might before I get to my comments uh <laughs> a nickname, a couple of nicknames, one from last year's too late to try to apply it now, but I had a nickname for Ulysses' Gilbert the third, right well a couple one would be. Ug three, but that had been bandied about that didn't right. stick. The one that the one name I had thought about because it happened last year. I don't think it's happened lately. with someone what call him Ulysses Grant? And the nickname that I thought of would have been Mister President.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. pretty cool.
7: Uh, that would have worked. Another nickname from from way back when when uh, Alan Panica was first drafted. I think I saw articles something that he was either a the first guard that the Steelers had drafted in the first round or the first guard that they had drafted in the first round in a long time. And the nickname that I thought of for for him back then would have been Alpha, as in first, you know, right. like alphabet, which I don't know. And then it fits his name, the A-L from Allen and the F-A from Tanaka, Alpha, because he was the first guard in the first round in no, ever or a long time. But anyway, too late for that to be his nickname um talking about the corona virus and the raiders that were fired my thing with that is they may not have been they were following a different protocol they were following the protocol for coronaphobia uh you have the coronavirus protocols and then you have coronaphobia um no one got infected if i'm not mistaken thus no far you're right the, no one has passed the virus around so even though they violated some uh, protocols. Those protocols, um, what are they there for to stop people from getting infected? They didn't get infected. Uh, But anyway, they were going with um, the coronaphobia protocols. Now, I understand that the Steelers are going to be allowed to have fans in the stand, Uh, up to 7,500, I think it is. I think it's something like the governor's said up to 15% capacity or 7,500 fans, whichever is higher or lower, something like that. Um, I'm not sure again, yet. I've heard no
2: formal announcement of it, Pepe. And I'm not saying you're wrong. I just, I've not heard of it. That's all I'm saying.
7: Yeah, that's what I've heard. So okay. the, um, I guess the SEALs will be able to have fans in the stands this Sunday. But as I was saying before, evidently social distancing and mask wearing don't work that's why the game last night i saw and so few people in the stands this room for a whole lot more people if they're gonna do if they're gonna wear masks and social distance i don't understand why the limit but anyway that's the thing i thought about the game that was canceled
5: right
7: um, i thought they should have played it now and a lot of the texans that even if you tested positive, if you don't have symptoms, go ahead and play. Now, I'm not trying to make uh, guinea pigs out of NFL players, but I think it would be nice to know if a player has tested positive, does not have any symptoms, doesn't have a fever, if he plays a football, what is the fallout from that for the other team, for other teammates? Do you really get sick? Because no one has gotten and sick and died in the NFL, right? They've, they've been tested positive, been in the protocol, but how many have been even hospitalized, even sick to where you couldn't play a game? Yeah, I even don't can know. play sick I... with pneumonia, the flu, different ailments. I, I think it would be nice to know what happens if a guy is positive, no symptoms, and plays the game. But if they... Do it the way they do it. We will never know that answer unless we get it from college or <laughs> we get something after the fact. Well, I
2: I'm sure. Nice know. Well, Pepe, I'm sure that they've got people in place that would, uh, you know, disagree with you, uh, you know, but also want to know the the fallout, as you put it. You know, I mean, they're going to go with their protocols because it's the best, safest way that they feel they can productively move forward fairly. Um, and the problem with the Raiders is. When you breach protocol in one area, um, that sets an example in another area, you right. know, for somebody else. And hey, you know, I get you. I know what you're saying. There's no, there was no, um, you know, outbreak that we know thus far. Uh, but frankly, to me, I don't mind because it's the Raiders. So no. <laughs> the Raiders. Go ahead, go ahead and find them. You know what I mean? Okay.
7: <laughs> but That's uh, from that's side.
2: from some bitter stuff from years ago. Okay. <laughs>
7: <laughs> okay. Now, are the Steelers doing any rookie hazing? That you know of? No,
2: no, no that stuff went out no? quite a while ago.
7: Because I saw a Zoom call with the rookie running back, and he had on a mask doing a, a Zoom call. I'm saying, and I thought that. I said, they must be hazing that guy. They're making, they making him wear a face mask, and he's doing a Zoom call interview. No, the, guy, the, the guys
2: actually choose to do it. They, that's right. their comfort level. Yeah, you know. So. Okay,
7: that's the first one I saw doing that. I've seen a, a few of those. That's the first one I saw that.
2: Okay. Doing. No, we got to roll on, though, Peppy. Okay, brother? I appreciate it. Okay, in the
7: meantime, or well not the meantime, in the nice time and in the outside time, <laughs> let's go play some
2: ball. There you go. I like that. Thank you so much for your contribution, Pepe. Right, thank appreciate you, Peppy. Right, I like I like the nicknames, right. too, especially. That yeah, was, yeah. That's well thought out. Yeah. You know, the thing about it is, if you have to explain it, it doesn't work. But yeah. those were self-explanatory, pretty much, I thought. Right. I like that. So yeah. so there we are. We're finishing up here, and I hope uh, we got, tomorrow— got uh,
1: Mike Tomlin's press conference coming up. we got Mike
2: Tomlin's press conference coming up, and uh, I, I would like to find out if there actually is been a ruling of allowing fans into the stadium. I yeah. don't know. I've not heard anything. Jacob, is there anything, Kellen, anything over the wire where— Governor Wolf has come out and said that uh, you can hit fans. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. Maybe they'll confirm it in the Mike Tomlin press conference, yeah. and we'll go from there. But yeah, that's where we're at right now. So coming up, uh, Mike Tomlin, pre- uh, the Mike Tomlin press conference. Make sure you stay tuned in because you'll want to know what's going on. Yeah. All right. You going to
1: stay? I'm going to stay. You better stay because if you go, then I'm
2: by myself. That won't work. Yeah. All right. So we'll be right back after this. More coming up right after this from the Mike Tomlin press conference. Tonsha Wolf in the Locker Room.